an emphatically not nutty Q&A about high tensile fasteners today. Everything you've ever wanted to know about anti-seize, the ultimate pub argument ender right there. That's next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where, say it, new car buyers save thousands off their brand new cars. <laughs> Hit me up on the website. Here's a question from Jim, right? Off the back of my recent report on anti-seizing wheel studs. A number of technical questions. Number one, does the 30% less torque rule apply to all personal vehicles when anti-seize is applied? And number two, does it matter whether silver, aluminium or copper anti-seize is used, for example, on aluminium wheels? I'm asking number one because I saw another tuber say 10% less torque when you use anti-seize. Okay, so just to fill in the blanks here, if you did not see those earlier reports, I advised taking the torque spec in the manual, which is generally for lightly oiled threads, which you might think of as being dry, meaning just residually lubricated X-Factory, and then knocking 30% off that figure if you apply anti-seize to the threads and the mounting face of the nut. And it's not all personal vehicles at all. It's all bolted joints where there's a torque spec. The official recommendation is heavily lubricated, knock 30% off. I mean, if you're going all SpaceX, right, and we're sending men to Mars, you can use a more precise procedure for tightening whatever up to determine the actual clamping force, which is what really matters. That's how industry rolls. There's a variety of techniques, and the one that's recommended for your car when you're doing up wheel studs, wheel nuts on the studs, is use a torque wrench, okay? But there's a variety of more precise techniques. And if you lubricate them, 30% off. The difference between my recommendation and some potentially uninformed nutbag, and I'm not saying that's what this other YouTuber was, but there's plenty of that out there. The difference between me and the nutbag case is that A, I am actually an engineer. I mean, I went to university and my brain bled repeatedly with the mathematics and physics assault. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And after that, you know, I have some actual hands-on experience and familiarity with bolted joint design, so there's that. And I can therefore tell you that most wheel studs on most passenger vehicles are grade 10.9 high tensile studs. That's the middle of the three common high tensile grades, at least here in Schittsville. They're generally M12 by 1.5, those threads, and you can confirm this because the assembly torque spec in the owner's manual of the vehicle correlates very closely with the assembly torque spec in bolt manufacturer's tables for grade 10.9 M12 by 1.5. Therefore, that's what they are. I can't really comment on some other YouTuber's advice to knock 10% off versus my advice to make it 30. What I can tell you though is that the 30% I recommend is not just my opinion. I didn't just... I did not just play with my cock in the bath for, I don't know, 15 minutes and then decide 30% off was reasonable. In other words, I didn't just make it up, okay? Instead, upliftingly enough, I went to the facts. I took Ajax's advice on this, which is to reduce the recommended assembly torque by 30% 
if the fasteners are in that more heavily lubricated state. I'd expect one of the world's leading bolt manufacturers to kind of know their shit and get it right in their fastener handbook for bolt products, which you can download as a PDF independently and confirm. And if you're looking for that, just get the download and it's like page 50, table 20, if memory serves, where it says, you know, standard finish plus heavy grease, conversion factor equals 0.7. Bearing in mind that multiplying by 0.7 is exactly the same thing as knocking 30% off. Using a torque wrench, okay, it's better than doing it by strange mental voodoo and using a breaker bar or something or the wheel wrench that comes with the car, but there's still like 25% variation in the actual bolt stretch if you use a torque wrench dry. Lubrication actually increases the tension consistency to less than sort of plus or minus 10% from stud to stud. So don't take my word for any of this. Take the Ajax Bolt Company's word. If they can't get this right, nobody can. So I'd want to know on what basis someone else recommends taking 10% off. Maybe it's valid in some circumstances, and maybe they just made it up, okay? It depends on the granular details surrounding that recommendation. I really can't say that much more about it, except that my anecdotal experience of 30% off is that none of the wheels have ever fallen off my cars when tightened in this way. So that's a plus. of all things slippery and lubricated, okay? Copper versus aluminium in anti-seize. Let's go back to fundamentals. Anti-seize is basically just a high temperature grease, which has been blended with some solid lubricating powder of some description. They make it sound much more advanced than that on the side of the packet and in all the marketing communications, but that's what it is. The solid part of the lubricant, it can be aluminium or copper, zinc, nickel, or graphite, or a blend. Because of the solids that are in anti-seize, okay, you just cannot use this stuff on parts that move dynamically. Like, you do not pack bearings with copperies or something of that nature. It's for parts you fit together which typically don't experience relative dynamic movement. Anti-seize is great for those applications. Copper or aluminium or any of the others, it's gonna be fine for wheel studs, right? Regardless of the nature of the wheel. Alloy, steel, copper or aluminium based products will be fine. There's nothing that contraindicates the use of copper against alloy wheels in particular. It's not gonna promote corrosion. It's just not gonna happen, okay? It's gonna be fine. Typically, copper type anti-seize has a higher temperature tolerance than aluminium, but not by that much. It's up to about 1000 degrees C for copper and about 850 for aluminium. That's a ballpark estimate, okay? Individual products vary a little bit, I'm sure. Nickel-based compounds, they can go up to about 1,300 degrees C, so if you've got a super high temperature application, that's nice. Some non-metal based products uh, using things like calcium fluoride, I think they can do that as well. 
they often use calcium fluoride or calcium oxide, stuff like that, to minimize heavy metal contamination and knock on pollution into the environment in industry because of the fines that increasingly accompany that kind of irresponsible behavior, which is only important when you're buying friggin' anti-seize in swimming pool-sized containers, I'd suggest. One of the reasons not to use copper anti-seize in industry, of course, is that it can kill some catalysts, like in an oil refinery, and they are so friggin' expensive to replace. But your wheels and exhaust pipe studs and spark plug threads and things of that nature, they don't give a shit about any of that. Let us not forget that copper, graphite, aluminium, materials of that nature all commonly found in anti-seize. They're all excellent electrical conductors. So that kind of anti-seize tends to be pretty damn good for spark plug threads, which carry a hell of a lot of electricity often enough, and also for things like earth lead screws and connections of that nature. Anything that demands a flow of electrons, I mean, anti-seize is much better than the alternative, which would be corrosion, because Corrosion greatly increases electrical resistance over time, and solving those problems, tracking it all down, can be extremely challenging. The only other time that anti-seize composition really matters, at least that I can think of, is in industries with high purity demands, like aerospace or nuclear reactors or food processing, for example. We're talking about wheel studs here, right? We're bolting wheels on cars, not mission to friggin' Mars. Any anti-seize is gonna work just fine to stop the whole thing seizing up wheel studs your car. Gonna be fine. So literally, go nuts. If you really want, use nuclear reactor grade calcium fluoride anti-seize, whatever, for a billion bucks per gram, presumably. It's probably overkill, and I'd suggest that my 20 buck half kilo of copper ease is compatible with every assignment I will conceivably ever throw at it until the day I die. Just do not get it on your Sunday best Freddie Mercury jumpsuit or something because it's such a bastard to get off. And now you know all of this, I double dead dingoes dong a dare you to go forth and attempt to metastasize a wave of anti-seize logic and rationality in a sea of uninformed online nutbaggery and at times outright dumb shittedness. I can't see us winning. This is a big fight, okay? And we're probably gonna lose, but it might be entertaining at least to try. Yes.